Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. I didn't know that we needed this, but apparently what we really need in life is jump detection. Everything needs jump detection. That's I love just, it. That's just key. You just need jump detection. I, I didn't know that it was the thing. Cars we drove need to the know. Ram TRX. Yeah, we drove the Ram TRX. And now, and here's the thing. The thing I think is also funny about that is that, that hopefully the driver knows. But the car now knows too. So, yeah. There's no light that came on on the instrument panel. Did you notice that? You're right. That? You're right. Mm-hmm. Of course... The last thing you're doing when you're in the air in a 6,400-pound truck is looking for anything on the dash. This you're is just true. thinking, yeah. survive, survive, survive. Don't yes, die, don't die. True. I hope I mm-hmm. land properly. Don't break the truck. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. there All we go. I think yep. we're good. That didn't hurt my back. We're good. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah, yeah, the yeah, video is released, guys. The Ram TRX. We had a crazy good time at a UTV ATV off-road park with nobody on it. In the middle of winter, we were by ourselves. It was (laughs) snow on top of sand dunes, which, if you've never seen, is very otherworldly, incredibly alien world. We were out there chewing up the sand. It was amazing. (laughs) What? I, it's the last thing I expected, in spite of the fact it was winter when we shot it. We, we just didn't expect that when we were out there. And it is on YouTube. It's playing. If you haven't seen it already, please go watch that piece because we do get uh, we do get quite airborne. Plus, we drive that truck uh, kind of as intended, or maybe not. I'm not sure. But it, but it's there. It's I happened. As intended. The thing is built to last, yeah. and it knows when it's in the air. So it doesn't jam your transaxle or your transfer case mm-hmm. or the engine mm-hmm. RPM. So it, it limits all those and just... I, I liken it to the truck kind of goes limp in the air, so when it lands, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> the truck just, jump, goes limp, land, and we're good. It thinks like a cloud, and then it moves on. Yeah, it, it was crazy. So if you haven't seen that piece, we'd love for you to. We are back with uh, two really good car debates. We've got one from Matthew writing in about dog stink, which is hysterical, and Seth writing in about back issues. He's like, how did I become this old? Two really good car debates on their way. Yes, these two debates definitely tugged on my heartstrings because these people are in dire need of assistance, and that is exactly the basis upon which Todd and I founded Everyday Driver, and that is to help people. And guys, I'm honored we can offer you our thoughts. I really hope you enjoy. Before we get to that, uh, there's... A little piece of news here about the Land Cruiser Heritage Edition. It's mm-hmm. the 2021 model, and it is the last Land Cruiser offered for sale from Toyota in the U.S. It will continue yep. on everywhere else in the world. Yep. But it is $90,000. It, it is very much $90,000. On the Monroney 90K, really it's just Heritage badge stuck to a you know Land Cruiser, and you pay ninety grand for it. It's a cool-looking It's a cool looking Heritage badge. The thing is, <laughs> the badge this is... Cool. is no, this, this, we've, look, we have received hate for our Land Cruiser comments prior. I'm bracing myself for more. It's fine. But th- this is still the same Land Cruiser that it's been since 2008. Uh, there is an internet rumor that Land Cruiser people believe is internet fact that Toyota make, makes them and guarantees the last 25 years. Mm-hmm. Toyota has done mm-hmm. nothing of the kind. Uh, they are ro- robust. They do run well. They can get high mileage. However, here we are in Utah, and when we did our last Land Cruiser comment, I made I, I talked about the fact you could buy a Suburban or a Range Rover or other th- a Wrangler, other things that would do stuff that, that the Land Cruiser would do. Because where it is that's strange is that it's trying to be luxurious, 
and also trying to have full off-road capability, which is what the Range Rover does. It, the su Suburban is obviously less off-road capable, but can be very luxurious. The Wrangler can be very off-road capable, but not as luxurious. So where do you want to put your money? $90,000 gets you that Ram TRX while we're at it. Exactly right. If I've got ninety grand to spend on a truck, it's the TRX. I'm spending my money on that because there is no Apple CarPlay or Android Auto or anything modern tech on the Land Cruiser. It is like staring at the blinking 12 o'clock on the VCR. <laughs> well, it, it's been out since 08, this current model, and it feels that old as uh, far as just yeah. well, ergonomics and the way that it drives <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And I know everybody says, but the reliability. What I find fascinating is if I look at cars from the early 2000s, let me rephrase, trucks from the early 2000s. Oh, there you here go. Here in off-road central Utah, okay, tons of off-road central. I see no more Land Cruisers than anything else from the mid 2000s. Right, GM, people do. People do. Absolutely, they're out there. They're they out do there. Go but off honestly, road. all the ones, all the ones that I see that are late 90s or early 2000s, all of them have massive rust issues. Mm -hmm. So the mm -hmm. Land Cruiser has this reputation of being the only that can be reliable or can go 20 years, and. Uh, I see zero evidence of that on the road. I see zero evidence of that at Moab, by the way, even though yeah. they're out there. They're absolutely out there, and they're running. And I realize that what you're supposed to do is ship it to Africa and mount a cannon on the top. That's not something that I can quantify because I've only seen that on the news. <laughs> well, but think I about do this. Know it's, yeah. Keep going. 2021, you buy it brand new. Mm -hmm. It's 5, 10, 15 years old. It's mm -hmm. still got that ancient technology. And a shout-out to my friend Dane in Kansas for this analogy. Analogy, he says, never driving off-road one of these things is like buying a new iMac and only using the calculator. And he's right. Yes. Yes. It, imagine 90 grand, moderate technology. I mean, it works, but it doesn't work like you want, not like you think, and not like what future technology will work like. And so it does feel extremely old school, and it doesn't feel like a bargain, even knowing, okay, I can drive this for a long time, but so can other cars, at least 200,000. So can other cars. And so yeah. it just doesn't feel like the justified price anymore. I'm just not paying that. And so while I, I like it for what it is, I don't like driving mm -hmm. it, but I like for what it is, that's great. But I do see why Toyota is killing it in the U.S. Well, I think because it's trying to be everything. And the, and the thing is, the old school, robust, you can't break me nature of it is awesome at fifty grand as your only only as your off roader. That's but value. You, That's actually once you value. try try to tack onto it all of the luxury stuff because let's be honest, the average person buys an expensive luxury SUV and they buy it to take it through Starbucks. Yeah. Once you try to build it for that, the problem is that as a result it isn't worth that because it doesn't do that stuff well enough. If if Toyota made, I think, if they made a stripped-out, off-road-focused version, they probably could continue to sell it in the U.S., mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. but they would get a smaller number of people that would buy it, and those people would be buying it, frankly, instead of a Wrangler, because they, they would have something far more reliable that they know is just bomb-proof. And I think that would be an interesting actual case for people to buy the Land Cruiser, but trying to be an end-all, be-all, it struggles with everything <laughs> but being a great off-roader, which is what it's great at. And then the brand new Ford Bronco steps into the picture and says, hi. Because if you use the same argument, right. well, Broncos last forever. Well, there's a lot of Broncos on the road. I mean, mm -hmm. not many, maybe as many as Land Cruiser, but that is debatable. Anyway, you get the point. I understand why, why it's gone. It's extremely capable off-road, but on-road, it's just not fun to drive. 
It's squishy yeah, yeah. in every and sense. And it's $90,000, which and, and, and it feels the price. It feels like you spent 90 grand on something, honestly, not from 2008, but from like 2000. It feels every bit of <laughs> yeah. 20 years old. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're appreciative to Toyota for driving it and experiencing it. And I know it's endlessly capable, but again, I, I see where they're going with their product lineup. And it just feels like an yeah. ancient dinosaur that isn't included in where they're going. And I can definitely and see that. When you would like to send us, uh, you guys don't get the Land Cruiser emails, Everyday Driver TV at Gmail. We will read it. I, I will still read it. It's all good. Yes. A quick note before the debates, and that is about Blipshift and merchandise. And thank you guys for supporting us on that and also on Amazon. Yeah. Easy way to find both of those is go to everydaydriver.com. And under store tab, you can choose either. You can choose Blipshift and go to our partner store there or go to Amazon. You can find Todd's novel on there. You can find posters, jackets, other kinds of things. But mm-hmm. we are in the midst of trying to reorganize our alignment with Blipshift, and that is really just make things available more often. Because when we yes. say something on the podcast, three weeks later you finally hear it and you think, well, shoot, now I can't order it. So we're working mm-hmm. on that. We acknowledge this, and uh, our thoughts are there. So thank you guys. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to build a rotation. Right now there's a really cool FRS uh, Fast and Furious shirt that's on there, and you can currently get our awesome black embroidered caps. Those are both there right now. Yes, yes. But everything else that is essentially where the sales like Blipshift does have timed out, we're going to figure out a rotation to bring everything back over time. So we'll keep you informed as we sort that out. Yes, thank you guys for your interest. When your car needs new brakes, it's a great time to upgrade for better stopping power. We're excited to partner with PowerStop Brakes for an easy way to get more performance from something you already need. PowerStop is on a mission to deliver better brakes on every vehicle in every situation from daily commuting to towing to track days. These are all bolt-on, direct-fit parts for better braking, no modifications required. Every PowerStop Complete Brake Kit comes with all the parts you need to upgrade your brakes, including pads, rotors, and even those little clips and fasteners. Plus, all their pads are made from a carbon fiber ceramic compound, which they've tested extensively to deliver low dust and noise-free performance. So the next time you need brakes or you simply want to upgrade, visit PowerStop.com and enter your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use car finder. We even found great kits for our SUVs and our cheap sports cars. Give your everyday driver the easy and affordable performance upgrade it deserves at PowerStop.com. Dog stank. <laughs> That's what the world needs, is dog stank. This is the actual title of the first car debate. I can't believe it. Matthew is writing in and saying that he has a dog stank problem, which honestly, as a dog owner, that's just not a term you ever want to hear. Oh, man. I, I, I have to tell a terrible story while we're here talking oh, no. about dog stank. Okay. I have two dogs, okay? The young dog is Wasatch. He's three, and he acts like he's three months. He has crazy amounts of energy. The old dog is Sierra, and she's 15, <laughs> So I can't she's believe ancient. that. Yeah. She's ancient. And she's yeah. just, everything about her demeanor, she's like a really old person, honestly. You love her, but my gosh, there's a lot of difficulty now. <laughs> and this poor dog, this poor dog, um, all of her body works. The problem is it has a tendency to work at the exact same time. <laughs> she now has a tendency to eat, and while she's eating, will begin pooping. This is oh, her new thing no. she does as a 15-year-old oh, dog. Oh, no. I, I wish I was kidding. So when you, when you give me the name uh, Dog Stank, Matthew, I take it quite personally because we're dealing with the fact that we have a crazy old dog and her system works. It just all works at once. So here's where we are. Oh, that's awful. Well, Matthew writes to us, after spending two years to look for a vehicle to replace his hot hatch and serve his young family's vehicle needs. He ended up with a leaky, stinky RAV4 with bad vibes and a boring <laughs> oh meter, gosh. 
that is sucking the love of driving right out of him. He says, help, I need a solution. You can see, Matthew, this tugged my heartstrings. For his yeah. sake and for the sake of his poor wife who listens to him talk cars nonstop. That's okay. not a surprise. That's what we all do. Yep, that's what we all do. Yeah. <laughs> you found your people, Matthew. He says, Here, here's how it all happened. His 2007 Mazda Speed 3 has been getting too rough on his back. He's a tall driver, and they mostly drive very long distance over moderately rough highways. We don't quite know where you're located, Matthew. You didn't say, but we know that you're near a city. And he says this car was too small to easily pack in all of our baby and now toddler gear for weekends away, so it was time for something new. There is so much stuff with the first kid. There's so much stuff, and it, none of it compresses. And, and, and also, as a, as a parent of a first, you are convinced you need all of it. <laughs> what makes me laugh is the parents that have four, and the youngest one is a toddler, how little stuff those parents carry. But a first-time parent, first kid, all of the stuff you're supposed to have, you carried all of it, and so your little hatchback is not working, and I'm not too surprised. <laughs> well, on their priority list were physical comfort, thigh support extenders would be great, Good headroom, lumbar support, a softer ride than Mazda Speed 3. Mm-hmm. Decent handling, passing power on highways, storage space, all-wheel drive and ground clearance, reliability, and way up there, fuel efficiency. Okay, all right. They drove everything they could think of, and at various points almost settled on a hybrid Highlander or a hybrid RAV4 or an Ascent, mm-hmm. an Outback, or a Forester. But none of them were quite right. Okay. So when they were desperate, they indicated they were ready to just get something they heard their uncle, that his uncle was selling his 2010 V6 RAV, which had at least a few of their requirements, and he says this was an easy, lazy purchase. I love that. He has it. He's selling it. It's going to be straightforward. Yeah, it's just less hassle. And that's the thing. Car buying can be so frustrating that when you bump into something that is lower hassle than the typical car buying experience, you're like, you know, let's just do... There's not the right car, but let's just do that. So that's what happened here. Hey, I understand many people are in that situation. You kind of do it kind of makes sense Mm -hmm. at the time they bought it from him wearing covid masks and realized afterward it stank not only of dog which they expected (laughs) (laughs) hit you in the face doesn't it oh man it's yeah it's rank two by four to the face when it goes bad yeah for sure (laughs) and it also stank of mildew they did not expect Mm. that they traced the smell to a leak in the trunk and then traced the cause of the leak to a poor rebuild that had been done in the vehicle's past matthew had several shops tell him they could not fix the leak and then after they agreed on a revised price for the vehicle that reflected its state, his uncle drowned in a fishing accident. Matthew, that's awful. We're, wow. I'm sorry for your loss. That is awful. Well, and that's where the bad wow. vibes of this RAV4 comes from. Yeah. Is you're in the middle of this. That, that se- that's the other thing. It oh, seemed like man. the easy purchase, and now it's tied to this terrible situation of his uncle drowning. It, it, this just gets worse. So they oh. have this thing. Oh man, they they have this thing. They're they're kind of in trauma as a result of having this thing now. He's realizing that he just doesn't like it at all. He still has his Speed 3 and while he still likes that, it's not right. So the Speed 3 is going to go, the RAV4 is going to go. We've got a $40,000 budget and they're saying uh one or two car solution. One car would be easiest because they live in a downtown and one parking spot would be much better. Yeah. But they're not. They don't have the ability to charge something electric, so those are out. They forty thousand dollars. We could either do an all-in-one family car, or we could do a lesser car with a fun car. 
And of course, he instantly goes to the greatest hits. He's talking Miata, Boxster, BRZ. I love all of those, but those would blow, I don't know, a third to half the budget Yeah. if we do two cars. I have two car options. I have single car options, but he's very much leaning things like an Audi A4 All-Road. Would that work? What about a, a Volvo V60? He's thinking about these kind of things and just wondering how he can get fun, usable, comfortable, decent gas mileage. It's a tough list. Mm-hmm. Matthew, if you have to live with a car that you hold your breath every time you open the door to get in. You go, Mm -hmm. and then get in, and you slowly let your air out as you get used to it. (laughs) Oh, oh no. I have to take a breath now. Oh, no. That is horrible. We want to find you something. And I do like your idea, even though you said you're in the city, I like the idea of getting, yeah, Miata, Boxster, BRZ, something small. Only you can answer the question of where will I park it. You said on the street. But yeah. how, your, how your comfort level will be with that. And I would love it if you could. And I have a solution where you can. I believe with $40,000, I believe you can. Okay. Now, I answered my own question because I was reading back through, Matthew. I, I was wondering why you needed the all-road. Because you suggested the Volvo Cross Country or the all-road or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then you said moderately rough roads. And you just kind of need a little bit of ground clearance, which is great. I do think, and I, I've told you, Todd... The Volvo V90 is the aspirational vehicle for Outback owners everywhere. I believe yeah. Outback the drivers the, yeah. see the V90 drive by and they go, oh, oh if only. I, I aspire to that. When I grow up, I'll get one of those. I believe that. <laughs> That's I funny. like that a lot. They're expensive brand new. Yeah. I want you to consider the Kia Telluride, even though at the time of this recording, we've heard Kia Telluride prices even used are shooting the other way, like mm-hmm. up. So they're yeah. tough to find, and then when you do, dealers and, and sellers know what they got, because it's Yeah, great. nobody's dealing on those, for sure. You're right. I imagined Mazda all-roading or cross-countrifying the CX-5. I thought, hey. Cross-countrifying. There you go. There's a new like market. That. They have, there's I mean, something we haven't touched on yet. Where's that shirt? Seriously. I like it. Let's, it's not Safari. We're not going that far. I understand. No, 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 not at all. Cross-countrifying. I, I, I actually, I can envision it. That's you what's know terrible what that about means. it. As soon as I yeah. say it, you know what it means. They've kind of done it with the Mazda uh, CX-3, and they've called it the CX-30 because of just the plastic wheel arches alone blacked out, just kind of make it like a UTV version of the CX-3. <laughs> oh, stop. It Tell me anyway, I'm wrong. Yeah. Tell okay, me I'm wrong. No, you're not. I, that, that, that's the sad thing is you're not wrong. But anyway, so keep going. So if they cross countrified the CX-5, but regardless, the CX-5 is a great choice to consider. But if you feel the plastic and crap in your life is too much and you need more space, here mm-hmm. it is, the 2019 and newer Acura MDX or the RDX, which is a little bit smaller. But those okay. are inexpensive enough to consider a second fun car. I want you to ease your way into this. Let's get the yeah. stank out of your life. Get the Acura MDX. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then we can consider, okay, what's our leftover funds? Where would we park it? Are we okay with that? Covercraft car cover on the street. Sure. Uh, you know, obscure, you don't know what this thing is, and that's where your fun car is. Because I do want you to have some fun. And Todd has mm-hmm. proven with a family, a growing family, that you don't have to have sports cars leave your life just because you've got True. a growing family. And budget Absolutely. is everything. I definitely understand. The budget is, mm-hmm. is very important. Mm-hmm. I mean, I joke about it a lot. But with forty grand, you can get it done for the new MDX. We came away 
astounded with that. As a matter of fact, we've got the 2022 yeah. MDX coming at us for a test run. Yeah, yeah. We've got that scheduled yeah. from Acura, and we're excited to drive that because we really like the last one. So look mm-hmm. at that, Matthew. Tell me I'm wrong, and I, I think you'll find something there. Spacious, roomy, and good price. Okay. I'm going to go down a pathway that Matt starts, and then um, I, I, I'm going to back your play, Matt, reluctantly, because you're right. You've found something that really solves a lot of what you need. It only works in a two-car solution. You said you could see yourself settling for an Outback, as poor handling as it is, because it does everything else. Matt, honestly, man, the reason they're ubiquitous is because you're right. They do everything you're talking about. Incredible amounts of space. They run. They have some ground clearance. It's just, it's a fantastic outdoorsy family car. It isn't at all fun to drive. So I'm going to back your play to say this. If you treat it as half your budget... You get an Outback for about 20 You spend the other 20 on one of the things you mentioned. I think you should go for a Boxster because that feels like the opposite end of the spectrum palate cleanser mm-hmm. from the Outback. I mean, I like the Miata. Yeah. I like the BRZ. You guys have heard me talk about those cars ad nauseum. But I think that, that a two-seat Boxster, that is the you and your wife still have you car. <laughs> We've still you know got I mean? it, honey. <laughs> no, seriously, that's what that is. It's the, we're going out for, for a nice evening. Honey, I'm just going to go get milk because this is what happens when you have a fun car. But get yourself a Boxster for about 20. Get yourself an Outback for about 20. There's your two-car solution. And then you don't have to burden either car with doing things it's not great at. And you can enjoy, because mm-hmm. yeah. the thing I, yeah. as, as, as much trouble, and I have, as much trouble as I have given the Subaru Outback, the thing is, when you embrace the things it's great at, it sells like crazy because it's great at those things. Hauling, being efficient, uh, you know, not being very expensive to own and, and operate. These are the reasons that it's great. So I, I agree in that regard. I have others I want to mention that are the single car solution. All right. I've got a uh, Honda Civic Type R that I wondered about. And a I'm Civic Type R, family, off road. Yeah, here, here's here's why. Here's Cross the, country why the Civic that Type bad R. boy. I think <laughs> I think you you should be one of those people because people have done this that buy it and they downgrade the wheels by one. I think it comes with 19s and they go to 18s, or it comes with 20s they go to 19s. I believe I it's 20s. It we we've okay. been told the wheel and tire combination on the Civic Type R weighs 53 pounds, and yet it still drives light, it's, lightly. It drives light, and it, here's the thing. Even with those crazy big stock wheels, what's crazy about that car is it rides really well on the street. It does. When we've it had does. it with other hatchbacks, we've always yeah. been surprised that the car with the biggest wheels and the thinnest sidewall is the one that rides the best. It's like <laughs> magic going on there. We get out and scratch our heads, get back in, Seriously? drive some more, get back out, scratch yes, our heads. What? Every single time. I My concern is I don't know what that space is like compared to your Mazda Speed 3. I think ride and handling, both the way that it is on a back road and the way that it is on a, on a rough road, I think you would prefer the Civic Type R to your Mazda Speed 3. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you're going to gain enough space for it to be worthwhile. That's my concern there. But I think that's a really good one-car solution, depending upon whether or not you have the big uh, stroller with missiles or not. And I don't know that that's the case. So that's on there. Stroller with rocket launchers. I like it. That, they do come that way. Hmm. Uh, in the Porsche lineup, there's two cars that could get this done. The Macan, if you want to go kind of not much bigger, but maybe a little bit. Macan's not huge, but I think it's still bigger than your Mazda Speed 3. Of course, you could alternate that for the Cayenne. But I wondered about a Panamera for you. 
It probably with forty would, grand, it'd probably be the base, but that's okay. That's that is yeah. no no shame. I think it no would, shame. It would run and and. and the big thing that I get from you is you do a lot of long-distance travel, but I don't get the sense that you do a lot of fire roads. You just do a lot of long-distance travel, and the roads sometimes aren't that great. I think the Panamera would surprise you with how good it feels mm. just going, sawing up miles. So the Panamera is an option. I have to bring this up because it's an obvious in this category, the E-Class Mercedes Wagon. Indeed, but ready for to 40K, I think you're struggling to find a, I mean, a newish, newish it, one. It, it's going to be a few years old. I mean, we, we have friends here in town, and they, they buy like a five- or six-year-old one every five or six years. And they always find a really good one, and it's been consistently their best car for their family. So This is our Mitsubishi Montero owner friend, isn't it, Chris? Yes, it is. Oh, yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, because Montero refuses to die. They do, yeah. He's here's here's the crazy thing. Back to Land Cruiser people sending me emails. <laughs> yeah, um, Have he you, had yeah, the, the Montero he, has something to say. <laughs> no, no, he had he had the Lexus, the LX Lexus. So the Lexus Land Cruiser, and it was the most unreliable car he'd owned in years. Are you kidding me? Now that is look, that's one person. But one, he bought yeah. that, and, it, and he had it less than a year because it always needed something. And I, and I looked at him, and I was like, how are you the great exception to every car rule out there? How is this possible, Chris? Anyway, so Funny. the last one I have for you is a wild card. And it's a wild card because I don't know that it does well enough in gas mileage or it does well enough in ride. But in seats, it will be brilliant. And in handling and capacity, I think you will surprise yourself. And that is... Forty grand is the bottom of the market. Another reason it's a wild card for the Volvo Polestar V60. Hmm, that's a tasty. Option. That's a one-car solution. I think you would be proud as a guy and a, and a father to own that Volvo. We said it before. Amazing seats. Yes. I think you, as a yes. person who's struggling with seats, I think you would love those seats on a short, fast, fun drive or a long-distance drive. Those V60s have. The the packaging does not tell you how big they are inside. They've got a lot of space inside. Hmm. I I can't speak to because we're not clear enough. I can't speak to the ride quality compared to your usage, and that's where it becomes a little fuzzy for me. But part of me just thinks Matt Volvo V60 Polestar all wheel drive. It gets it done. At the minimum, this gets the stank out. And oh yes, absolutely. The, the milk is going to be a part of your life. I my dad is actually off dairy now, and he has discovered oat milk. Apparently, everything needed to be milked, and so now yes. oat milk is the thing. And now he's having oat milk lattes. And I've discussed the oat foam, oat foam on top. Yes, oat foam. Uh huh. That's yeah. That, see, there's just there's combinations of words happening here in the 2020s that should never have existed together. Oat ya. foam is on that list. Yes, everything needed to be milked, and that's why we're here. <laughs> so, Matthew, let us know what you get. Every winter, we find ourselves tracking snow, salt, and grime into our cars. Thankfully, Covercraft has a variety of floor mats to keep you winterproof. Covercraft floor mats and cargo mats are custom fitted to your exact car and they include the original equipment security grommets, if applicable. They're the perfect and durable way to protect your car's carpet and add style and comfort to your interior. Plus, you can choose from many color and material options to complement or contrast the interior colors of your car or truck. Covercraft is sure to have what you need. They offer plush carpet, Berber carpet, even sheepskin, which is warm in the winter and cool in the summer. Whatever mats you choose, remember to use the code EVERYDAY21 at checkout to receive a 10% discount and free shipping from Covercraft.com. Seth L. writes to us with an email starting out. He says, Dear Todd and Paul, 
I'm too young to be getting old. Well, we all are. <laughs> I hear you. But Seth was recently diagnosed with degen- degenerative disc disease. He says Ooh. this sounds scary, but this is actually very common in people who are 60 plus years old. But the thing is, he is only 33. Wow. Okay. Essentially, he says, the disc between his L5 and S1 is gone. He's currently going through physical therapy to help with the nerve pain, but the constant back pain is another question, and mm. he'll probably need to get back surgery within the next few months. Seth, we're sorry okay. to hear. That's, man, oh man. that's rough. With all this being said, he says he, he thinks it's time to start rethinking what he drives, because it isn't helping the situation. And that car is a 2014 Subaru BRZ set up for autocross. Lowered, stiff, loud... He loves Ooh. it, but it's killing him. To the oh, point man. where even clutching, he says, sends sharp pains down his leg. So sadly, he thinks he might need to get the car enthusiast arch nemesis an automatic transmission. Hmm. He'd like something sporty, he says, something that doesn't hurt him when he gets near it. So his current debate... <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, Seth, this is rough. Man. I, I look forward to offering helpful suggestions. His current debate is between a year or two old Kia Stinger GT with rear-wheel drive or a new, brand-new Hyundai Veloster N with the dual clutch. Okay. What would we recommend for a young guy getting old but still trying to be young? Okay. So thanks for writing. This tugged at me as well, and uh, I I definitely want to offer helpful suggestions. And please, when you you do decide, Matthew, you too, when you decide on something, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com, same place you wrote your your debates, and let us know. Mm That BRZ is, it's killing you. I, I know. And yeah. here's yeah, that's, the issue. That's, too, that's tough. Anything that you drive after that isn't going to feel anything close to responsive as that is. Mm. Especially set up for autocross. Anything yeah. you get yeah, is yeah. a gigantic step. It's, it's a flight of stairs down in terms of responsiveness. And <laughs> it, it is. Yeah, it's fair. just going to be... Right. No, you're right. Man, uh, all right. Well, I had that and enjoyed it, but... I want you to be pain-free as possible and mm-hmm. comfortable and still enjoying something. The good news is automatics have gotten very good. Yeah. They've yeah, gotten very sure. good thanks to machine learning. They've gotten good thanks to the programming of the ECU for those transmissions. Yep. And there's many, including dual clutches, like you're considering, that we would recommend. And cars that we love, and they have automatics, which is mm-hmm. crazy. Now, your BRZ does come with an automatic, so outside consideration is trade that in, get an automatic, but you're still left with, you know, good seats, but it's going to be rough and, you know, hard on you. Yeah, I I did wonder, I did wonder, Seth, about what would a BRZ without lowering and stiffening for autocross be like for your back? Mm. Would that Mm. be, and I don't have an answer, you're going to have to answer that, but I did wonder, if you love that car so much, is an automatic stock suspension one of those a possibility, or is that still too painful? That was kind of my weird ponderance when I first read this, though I never actually returned to that suggestion, but I'm just wondering about that, because you haven't, I mean, we just don't know the specifics. Mm-hmm. I do wonder, because, I mean, you mm-hmm. tell me an, a car built for autocross and it's hurting your back, you don't have to have back problems for that to be the case. A car <laughs> set up entirely for autocross, that's hard everywhere else, you know? But anyway. Right, that, that will give people who don't have back problems, back problems. So Absolutely, I, I yes. Definitely get that. I've got a wild card for you. It's, it's a crazy thought. You did not send along a budget, but we're extrapolating based on your mm-hmm. Kia Stinger and, and new Hyundai Veloster yes. N. So 30-ish. I might push on that just a bit, but it might be yeah, worth it. I did a bit too, but I've got, okay, I've got good. good options though. 
Okay, good. I'm starting out with the Golf R with the DSG. Of course, always a good option, and the seats are excellent in that. Mm-hmm. There is the Mazda 3 Turbo that only comes with an automatic transmission, and it is yeah, superb. Yeah. It's superb. It's very good. I had both of those on my list. I think the Golf R DSG and that... Watch our... It's on YouTube. Watch the Golf R versus the Mazda 3 Turbo. Now, this is the 7th gen Golf R we're talking about, the one currently for sale. Correct. You can get yes. it used in your budget. The 8 isn't really out yet. We're looking forward to driving it, but it's not really here yet. We put the, the Mark 7 with the Mazda Turbo because they actually were fairly close in stats. The Mark 8 is going to be a whole other level up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. I, I think he should drive both of those because I think that's a really interesting consideration. And again, that YouTube piece is out right now. Yeah, indeed. Well, as you know, the Toyota Supra and BMW Z4 only come with automatic, Seth, and that is a consideration. Mm. Yeah. You haven't mentioned anything about entry and egress. You, you haven't mentioned any, you know, something around that, of course. Good point. Yeah. We gravitate towards the lower cars when we're suggesting sports cars and fun cars, but that could be a deal breaker as far as just the, the entry, getting in and out, and, and so that's why I suggested both the first two hatches. That Mazda 3 mm. Turbo is just superb. It's so good. Everything you you touch, you interact, and how it drives, yeah. you just think, yeah. this is an automatic. Automatics are cool yeah. again. That's, it's weird <laughs> to say. It's weird to say. It's I'm not sure they were ever cool the first time, but anyway, well, yeah, all right. moving on. Yeah, they're they're finally cool? <laughs> finally. There you go. That's better. <laughs> all right. Of course, any Porsche with a PDK, that notwithstanding, they're, they're low to get in. Caymans are low. They're very low. I thought, well, Mini Coopers come with an automatic, much like a, a BRZ or an FRS mm, comes with mm, an automatic. Yeah. That's a consideration. A yeah. little bit taller, crazy enough. Seating position, even though it's a Mini, I know, weird. Uh-huh. But the actual seating position is a bit more upright, and the door is huge Yeah, to get good in. Point. There's, there's good, good entry egress on that. This is starting to get into weirdness, weird territory again. Don't know quite your budget, but I'm going to break it anyway. Okay. One of the best automatics Todd and I have ever experienced is screwed to the Alfa Romeo Giulia Quadrifoglio. Mm-hmm. Delightful. Yeah. You will think it's a dual clutch. It is an automatic. It's just the programming is so good. And what a car. Could you go mm-hmm. 40, 45 and get one of those things? What a well, car even to own. I totally agree with you. I, I actually oh. even had the Julia below the Quadrifoglio on here because I think that is the sedan that's going to really shock you. Yeah. As somebody yeah. That, has, that has done autocross and likes stuff that's light and, and very chuckable, the Julia is the one that's going to really just amaze you. And, the, and if you get the base four-cylinder, which is in everything but the Quadrifoglio, you get the base four-cylinder and that eight-speed automatic, you get it with, I think it's the, the sport package, but I'm forgetting what the they sp- call yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get that version. I think you would love a Julia, and they actually have a pretty good ride. The automatic would amaze you. That that is really one of the top sedans that I've got on here. I've got a couple others, but that's that's way up there. Hmm. Maybe maybe just stick with the lower version, not as much power, because you'll solve your back issues with the quadrifolia or with the regular, and then hurt it again with the power. So maybe <laughs> maybe I'll back away maybe, from yeah. that. But yeah, the Julia is is firmly on my list. But this weird wild card, you're already in a a sports car that, uh, it could, I mean, it, they are dailies, I get that, but it's a, it's a low sports car. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can deal yeah. with that on a daily basis, and you can, you yeah. prove that, which I like. And so if that's the case, then this won't be quite so weird, and it's a car okay. you might be able to find, it's aspirational, it is a first-generation Acura NSX with an automatic. 
oh, that's interesting, because that will not be nearly as expensive as the stick shifts. Right. And you can have point. one of them. They're yeah. still... And the automatics probably won't be as beat on. Yeah. They will have been... point. I hadn't thought of that. Okay. I, I, it just occurred to me, and I thought, well, those are probably cheaper. They won't have been yeah. nearly as beat on. They'll be treated like a GT car. They'll be, probably be driven yeah. more like a Corvette is driven by the prior yeah. owners. That's what yeah. I imagine. Because yeah, you're not right. really going to autocross the automatic NSX. Other NSXs, the manual, you probably would. But what about that? It's mm, still low. The seats are great. Automatic. Yeah, it's, a, it's a good car for this. I really like it. It's just so much fun. You can say you own an NSX. The fact that it has an automatic isn't preventing you from ever considering that car. So that's my weird yeah. wild card for you. And But all of these others deserve consideration. It's just... You know, you kind of have to evaluate as you're, you know, as things progress for you. And then, you know, go get in and out of cars and, you know, that's the main thing. And then feel those seats. All of these, though, have good seats. They're all very mm-hmm. supportive and I think would do good things for your back. I really like that suggestion. That's a great one. The uh, the Veloster N I want to speak to real quickly. I like that car. We like that car. The, the DCT on it is very interesting. I, I'm wondering if a ride is good enough for you. Mm. I think that, mm. I think the Golf R and the Mazda 3 might be better in just sheer ride quality. Because even though the Veloster N has an adaptable suspension, the the difficulty there is I still think that car... Watch our piece that was called the Middles when we first drove the Veloster N. Yeah. It's just got mm. a stiffer, more aggressive ride in general. So that's something that you may want to consider that may, might make the Veloster N not work. Which led me to a couple others, all okay. of which have got GM's Magna Ride. Oh, good. I think what Seth <laughs> needs is Magna Ride because oh, that's good. then you've got selection choices, Seth, of just going, what feels best for me? And if you want to get aggressive and you can get aggressive, then do so. The ones I have listed on, on that that are three very interesting cars that I think you get for your budget, the Chevy SS with Magna Ride, get that in automatic. The first one we ever drove was an automatic without Magna Ride. Yeah. They yeah. do make the six-speed with the Magna Ride, and those are the ones that are carrying the best value. But if you got an early one with Magna Ride and an automatic, I think that would be that, that'd be one right there with the Julia that would just surprise you every time you drove it. You could find a Cadillac ATS Coupe with Magna Ride. Hmm. Those are cars you just don't see. I thought of that one as well. And then you mentioned it in passing, Paul, and I have to land there. Here's a guy with Seth that has enjoyed autocrossing. He's enjoyed low-slung sports cars. Mm -hmm. Go look at Corvettes. A C6 or most likely a C7 in automatic with Magna Ride. Every time we drove the C7, we would drive it to a location through a downtown area. Yeah. Invariably. (laughs) Just through the world's worst traffic in a downtown area. Every time it just worked out that way. Every time we drove a C7. And then we wind up on some great road. And that was the best example to show me why the magnetic ride is so awesome was being in those Corvettes. Because you turn it straight to comfort and you just relax. And you had one of the best riding cars on the roads while getting to location. We get to location and we just crank it right down. So I think a C7 Corvette would really surprise you here. The only issue I have there is you said you feel like you're getting old too fast and I've just recommended a Corvette to you. I understand it's a bit of a landmine, but let's keep, let's keep reclaiming Corvettes for those of us that want to drive them, Seth. Heck I think, yeah. Look at those. Heck yeah. I love that you're, you're offering up Corvettes more and more now. I, I love that they're in the forefront of our minds now that your dad yeah. had one, has one now. And yep. 
let's, you're right. Let's switch the headspace and thinking about Corvettes because they're great. Our friends at Griot's Garage have got a new line of ceramic products to make your car care easier and more satisfying than ever. Start with the new ceramic wash and coat, an ultra slick formula that can be used with either the bucket wash method, which I like, or a foaming sprayer, which I also like, or a cannon, which I also like. We actually take Griot's Speed Shine with us on every single shoot. It's the ultimate for quick detailing, and it now has ceramic protection as well. Ceramic Speed Shine maintains a slippery gloss finish in between your main washing and protection days. And they even have ceramic trim wipes for long-lasting protection on plastic trim. Try any of these products or use them as your new wash routine. They are 100% guaranteed and all their liquid products are made in the USA. Don't forget to use the code EDRIVER when you order at griotsgarage.com. Our audience gets 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. On social media, Alec V says, If you realize you made a bad decision for a daily but tossed all the money at the fun car, do you stick it out and wait the months or years until you can afford to replace the daily with something better? Oh, man. Ooh. Or sacrifice your new expensive fun car for a better daily? No, he says, the fun car cannot do all the job. <laughs> What's the daily worth is my follow-up question. Yes, you do not specify what the daily and what the expensive fun car is. Our first question for you would be, why can't you drive the expensive fun car all the time? I, yeah, just he, asking. He, he has said that's out, but yeah, I do wonder I mean, about it as well. It, I agree. It can't yeah. do all the jobs, but can you drive yeah. it more often than not? The problem is we don't want you to start hating your car. We don't want you to mm-hmm. be feel like you're stuck. And sometimes the best thing to do is cut bait. Just get out of it. Get you yeah. know, Admit defeat, move on, and cut your losses. Because if you stick that out and you really do hate it, Ooh, that's just, that's rough. That's tough to live yeah. with. And, you know, yeah, you want to enjoy your expensive fun car and go go drive it a lot, but you could go, hmm, I don't know if trying something different is just going to be a lateral move, is my concern. I want you to get out of that yeah. daily, but I don't want you to get into a lateral move thinking, well, I'll try that. And you're thinking, well, I'm back into the same place I was for different reasons, but I'm pretty much hating it again. That's that is I the struggle, want. you're right. Yeah, I mean, without knowing what that daily is worth, it's really hard for us to quantify this. But I do think that, that the question that I have is the same place you are, and that is trying to make a move at the level of his current daily, but do you wind up in the same problem with different badging? That's a big question. <laughs> yeah. yeah, ultimately, Alec, write to us with your cars. Maybe it is a car debate, but uh, I know there's a lot of people listening who have had that very same struggle. And so you are definitely not alone. But, yeah, I'm curious to know your cars because maybe we can recommend a similar, hey, this is similar to your daily but better in this, this, and this ways that solves your issues. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I mean? So maybe that is a bit of a longer debate, but uh, we, we ideally hope you can hang on to your expensive fun car and drive it a lot. Bob McCormick on Facebook asks something that I don't think we can answer here, but I want to earmark it for episode 600, which is coming up oh, soon. Oh, good. 88, by the way. Bob has said, what is our each of our favorite TV episode, favorite YouTube episode, favorite Fast Blast review, and favorite movie, and why? 
That is a huge answer that I think would be probably valid for, for episode 600, which will have lots of audience questions. It'll be live streamed on YouTube. We'll do all the things we do at all of our 100 marks. And again, this is 588, so that is coming up quick since we do two a week. So, Bob, we're noting that, but I'm not going to answer it yet. <laughs> Dammy O says, if a, if a mysterious stranger with haunting eyes and an ethereal countenance approached you and said <laughs> you would be guaranteed a free Koenigsegg Gamera, Gamera, Maintenance covered mm-hmm. and fuel covered for as long as you keep it. But your lifespan would be reduced by five years. Would you take that deal? Hmm. If not for the Jamera, is there any car for which you would trade five years at the end of your life? Ooh. I don't think here's, so. No. Really? No. But see, here, here's my... Here's my no. Maybe I'm cheating follow-up question on this anytime somebody asks this kind of question is that and i hate to say this the last five years are generally some of the worst so if i'm really trading the last five <laughs> oh man if i'm really trading that when it's just the, i mean I, look i'm watching my 15 year old dog now go through old <laughs> yeah. age if i'm trading the really the last five it might be worth it I, I'm not. I'm not signing on a dotted line anywhere mm. on the scroll that vanishes because I signed it in blood. I'm not doing that. But I'm just saying it's it's worth considering. I wow. see where we're going. Well, if you uh, switch your dog to oat foam, then things will improve. All would apparently. be better. Yeah, that's really that's the key to all of our lives is oat foam. Indeed. Wow. Okay. <laughs> ben Cohen says thoughts on the new Ionic Five EV from Hyundai. Other than the wheels, he loves how it hatchy it looks, and with rear wheel drive or all wheel drive, it should be handly too. I'm very encouraged, and what we've discussed about it is that new platform thing that designers can do. For decades, designers have claimed, we pushed the wheels out to the corners of the car. But that's not mm-hmm. really the case. They kind of cheated mm-hmm. and covered it up with some styling tricks. This truly you can, and that's mm-hmm. what it looks like to my eye. It is indeed far more cabin space in the in the same size cars, maybe a little bit bigger than a golf or a mazda cx5 somewhere in between those two is what it looks like to my eye and you get more space and it's still a a small form factor to be fun to drive that's what's going to change our cars love you know ownership and the usefulness Mm. of our cars is just that platform change now along with that has to come fun to drive i realize that you know that that can't be lost in the in the thick of things as we move forward. <laughs> sure. But I I look forward to it from that and that standpoint, and I I like that Hyundai is considering that and the Kia as well. Ben Safa on Instagram says, uh, "How would we describe the difference between body control and handling to a non-enthusiast driver?" I I'm going to clarify this a little bit further. I think one of the big things is to discuss it as ride versus handling. Mm, and mm-hmm. body control, here's the other thing about it, is body control can vary wildly. When I think of body control, I think, what does the car do in a corner? Like, what? how does the body, how much does the body move? And you have something like the uh, the Corvette ZR1 that has almost no body roll at all. Neither does the FRS compared to something like the ND Miata, which handles wonderfully, but rolls over like a ship. I mean, it has an amazing amount of body roll. Mm -hmm. So even Mm -hmm. there, it's hard to to define the two. I would say if I'm talking about ride versus handling, and that's what most people think of, handling has nothing to do with ride. You can have a car that rides wonderfully and handles terribly. How does it deal with, we were already talking about this on the car to base tonight, 
How does it deal with rough roads? How does it deal with this is less than perfect pavement? How insulated are you from all of the stuff that a car is going over at 80 miles an hour? That's the ride. Mm-hmm. Handling mm-hmm. is, I'm on a mountain road and there's a corner coming up. How terrifying is it going to be? Or hopefully on the other end, the car sticks so well. This is where the handle's on rails, dude. But, but the car <laughs> sticks so well that you're surprised by how agile it feels in a corner. That is the, the thing that for a non-enthusiast, if, if, if you were to put somebody that doesn't really know cars in an SUV around a big corner or a Miata around a big corner, instantly there's talking points. They're going to understand handling. But you take those two down a potted road, they're going to understand ride. That Alpha Julia is a great example of a car that rides well, damps you know, roads well and undulating surfaces, but still handles very well. Because you would think Agreed. a car yep. that handles well and has a soft ride... Well, you're going to flip it as soon as you turn into a corner. It can be done, and that is always mm-hmm. the balance that we're looking for in the trade-off. Because, yeah, the ride also actually goes away with the lower-profile tires that you get. You go big wheels, and mm-hmm. that's what designers like to do these days. And so your ride is affected. But then examples like the Honda Civic Type R show up, and we're going, what? Yeah, how you do rubber this? rubber bands, and it rides so well. So with modern technology, it can be overcome by the magnetic ride suspension to, mm-hmm. to give you that difference. And that is the difference on all the cars that we suggest in those categories. You don't want to really get after it when the car is in comfort mode. You'll notice a difference. But you want comfort mode. And yeah. the magic yeah. of technology has given us that now. And yeah, your, your description is, is apt. It's just... It's something we're always looking for in the balance between the two cars, and that's why car manufacturers are offering magnetic ride kinds of suspension to do that very Mm -hmm. thing, to give you both, essentially. Well, Petrolhead2003 has another good question for episode 600. When it comes to our automotive opinions and beliefs, who have been the biggest Mm. influences? I love the question. That is a 15-minute long question, I feel like. So (laughs) I, I love it, but we'll earmark that one as well. That's good. Uh, P. Fish says, is it possible to put too aggressive a set of tires on a street car? He's needing to buy new tires for his first-gen Miata, and he can't decide how aggressive to go. Uh, Absolutely, you can go too far in tires. You can go too far in any direction in tires, but as far as getting... uh, What what we do, and I say we as the family that listens to this podcast because we all want to drive really hard, we just think, oh, well, those are better tires than the other tires. Those must be better for all conditions. I think you have to kind of draw the line at things like the the Michelin PS4. That's about as far as you want to go on a street tire. Because beyond that, what happens is, start looking at the wear rating. You get to those tires that are wearing, like, they've got like the 200 wear rating. I mean, they're essentially designed for a track day, and they barely have any tread. If you're not autocrossing or taking your car to the track, there's no point. Because you're just going to burn through those tires, never get the extra track benefit out of them, and now you're buying tires again. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. you need to get you need to worry about that wear rating. I, th- I forget what the PS4s are. I think they're three or four hundred. But down at like the two hundred range is where a lot of the track tires are. You can even get track tires that are like a one hundred wear rating, which means you know hold your breath because they're done. Yeah. But man, yeah. they're sticky and fun on the track. If you're not tracking, don't go into that kind of stuff. Uh, PS4s are their equivalent. That's kind of the place that I would say you should go. Ben Cohen says, so when do you guys start shopping for your own Radwood cars once the cheap sports cars are done? (laughs) Yeah, Ben, that's that's not going to be a big push. (laughs) My answer, Ben, is how do you know it hasn't already started, huh? That's all I'm going to say. That's terrifying. I'm being cryptic, and I know it. Yes, you are. 
Dan K says, "Do I want to survive the zombie apocalypse? Do I have the knowledge to brew fuel?" Hmm. In the right car, you you would certainly have a fun, but maybe fun for about ten minutes. So hard to say. Gosh, we're we're brewing fuel. Brewing I, I've, fuel. I've, I've lost. I'll be walking. That's what's happening right there. Yeah. I didn't know. Does Exxon Mobil know this is the terminology for your for creating? <laughs> We're brewing you're, fuel. You're standing at the pump, screaming at the at the at the kiosk. This is a great brew today. Yeah, that's not <laughs> happening. Related to our earlier question from Dammy, we have this one from Philippa Rodriguez. Says, if we won the lottery, would we get a bigger fleet of many cheap cars or less of something that is latest and greatest and very expensive? I would actually mix it up. I would I would be very selective and buy something around the two hundred thousand dollar range. That was just like okay, that's the big expenditure, mm-hmm. and then I'd buy a bunch of stuff at forty to eighty grand. That was just interesting. Yeah, I didn't have yeah. to worry about. But there, I, I think I'd seek out something that was genuinely expensive, and then everything else would be much more normal. Here's the question behind the question, and and that is, would you drive them equally as far as use usage? Would you? I hope so. That's good. That's a great question. You know that's what I mean? Question though, you're right. No, no, you're totally right. Well, because if if you've got that expensive car, then you would drive it less because you have it. But if you treated them all, because I'm with you, I, I'd like. I'm really enjoying our cheap sports car challenge. I, yeah, I like that we we're just beating on these and they're just running and they're just yeah. You're right. Fun You're right. because they were cheap. Yep. Every time I drive, it's mm-hmm. like this doesn't handle great, but it's a sports car in winter. It's great, and now we're getting into <laughs> springtime. So Todd and I are going to switch our tires back. And yep. we're just going, these are just great. No, they're not the best cars ever, but they're just fun. Who cares? And they were cheap. And then have the expensive thing out here, but remind ourselves we got to drive that as much as we drive yep. the others and much pleasure as we yep. get out of just jumping in it, get after it, go. That That's the key. That would be harder, but I, I kind of want to mix right. too. Last one from me, Matthew Hilbig says, Recommendation for his son, a new college freshman this fall in the three to $5,000 range. High Miles is okay. Proud of him for saving up. Yeah, that is very cool. I, safe, reliable daily driver for a new college freshman. Mm. Um, hmm, this is a little difficult, but I, I think what you're going to have to do is shop. Uh, you're going to have to shop the safe, reliable world and not worry about fun. And I realize you're you're not thinking about fun, but of course we always are. The other thing about it is the problem with the three to five thousand dollar range when you're shopping like this is you're going to also be older. The mm-hmm. older it gets, the less safe and reliable it becomes. I don't care what we're bringing up; it just will be less safe. And and not please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you can't buy a cheap car and it be safe. You absolutely can. I'm just saying that technology is constantly moving forward in safety tech. If that's a if safety and reliability are the things you most want, then what you want, you're not going to do this, is to buy a brand new car with a huge safety rating because it's the latest and greatest tech in safety yeah. and it'll be reliable because it's new. We're on the other end of that spectrum, so I want you to kind of uh, guard yourself in that regard. Honestly, look at old hatchbacks. Mazda 3, uh, Honda Fit, uh, Honda Civic. This kind of stuff is going to run. You could even maybe find a, a nice uh, Honda Accord Get a little bigger and get a nice Honda Accord for somebody. Uh, that would work really well. Some of the old Acuras, the old TLs from the early 2000s that we loved, those are down there in that range. That's they're all good. high miles, but they're great cars. Yeah. So shop those kind of things. I think you could do really well. Honestly, I, I like that TL a lot because we were big fans of the way that drove. And they're pretty cool. 
but I would say go as new and as uh, known to be reliable as you can and shop there. Yeah, and the fun will come with small, inexpensive upgrades like tires or brakes or suspension True. components yeah. and that kind of thing, which will also be the, hey, I'm learning how to work on cars kind of thing because I upgraded it to blank. Just small. Oh, that's interesting. You yeah. know, as yeah. you get there, but then you can sort of add a little bit of fun back in. Ed Hayes, last question for me, says, zero to 60 times in supercars are now so quick as to be almost meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. What is going to be the new go-to metric? Well, Ed, I think acceleration will never go out of style, but mm, I do think mm. that electric range will be the new camera megapixel equivalent. Like, well, my camera has 21 megapixels. Well, yours only has 18. Like, <laughs> You're right. Okay, yeah, that's the fair. Pictures that's look fair. great yeah. to me. I look great. And, you know, ooh, what's your, what's your sensor size? Oh, mine's bigger. Like, okay, <laughs> you win. Fine. Great. Oh, man. But electric range is going to be the new pissing match. I hate to say it. I'm like, well, we're, I think you're right. I we're think you're 452 right. yep. miles. Well, not until you drive it to the mountains of Utah and get it cold for a while. Let's see what, how you do then. Where are the car companies here testing in the muck and the sleet? <laughs> and the, you're right. And the ice you're dribbling right. over their front sensors so the front radar won't come on. The cruise control won't come on. Please. We have that every single time we get a press car and it snows. It's it like, loses its mind defeated a mile body. down the road. Seriously, it loses its <laughs> mind a mile down the road because sleet or snow has blocked a sensor and it thinks it's gone blind and it wants you, sometimes yes. in some cases it wants you to pull over. Yes. It's, it's, it's yes. freaking out and I'm going, it's snowing, folks. Right. Is, there, yes. is there no weather where you were designed? Yes. What's going on? There was yeah. no weather. Guys, thank you for all your questions. We really appreciate it. Write to us with your car debates every day at drivertv at gmail.com. Same place you send your Topic Tuesdays and your car conclusions. Let us know what you bought. And to both of you for the car debates today, thank you for writing in. We really genuinely hope those are helpful. Hopefully we had some fun along the way with you. And uh, looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.